Hey, it's How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and Wagyu beefiest video games of all time. Mm. That third W was by Eridalte. Yeah. Submit Delicious. yours at Get Played Pod. Hashtag www. You, mm. You've had, I've never had Wagyu beef. You've had the Ooh. Wagyu beef? Oh! I've never had it, it either. Is the, it is the most buttery beef. Oh! You, you, you guys haven't lived until you've gone to a Yakiniku place gotten these they'll bring it out in like a tray like little slices of wagyu beef mm-hmm. and you you sear it on your little grill at your table and you eat it fresh and oh my god guys it is it is the best beef experience you can have mm. wow yeah uh well i haven't lived apparently um but maybe someday maybe someday I've, i'll yeah. experience this i have not lived and what what will we call this? This thing I'm experiencing now, like you know, post post or pre life. Maybe yeah, that's what it is. It's not. It's not quite purgatory. No, this is the. You're still in the womb. I'm on the beach. You gotta. You gotta. Womb. You gotta slide right out and immediately put the wagyu in your mouth. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Bucket. Edge and I'm Nick Weiger. Hi, wow, wow, what a show we've got ahead of us. Today is another edition of 70 Minutes in Gaming Heaven. For those of you less familiar with the format of the pod, normally we play a terrible or bizarre or just notable game and talk about it at length, but once a month we give ourselves a little hiatus just to sort of talk games in general and you know, and talk gaming news. And hey, here's a bit of gaming news right up top. Wow. Related to a gaming podcast. Our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, breaking news. This is an announcement from about a gaming podcast, which is ours. Which is our podcast. Wait, do Uh, I know what's happening here? Do I? Didn't we talk? I feel like we discussed this at length. Really? Are you learning about, I hope you, I want to, okay, I hope you learn about this for the first time now, and then I want to see what your reaction am, is. Am I getting shot? It's like, I'm just being executed live no. on the cast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the new format is, uh, it's The Purge, and we're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to no-scope us one by one each week. Um, and you're up first. No, with the, we actually have not a subtraction uh, by murder, but an addition to our podcast. That's right. You've heard his voice every week. Our producer, Matt Apodaca, That's right. is now canonically the third host of How Did This Get Played? Boom. Haters, suck my ass. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was your first <laughs> phrase as a host? That was it? Like your personality wow. changed instantly. Line up. Suck my ass. <laughs> I think I think we've a made a mistake, turn. Nick. Nick, <laughs> Nick, it was like a marriage where suddenly they're not doing the dishes, and they're like, right. having a baby will save us. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, welcome to the show. It's welcome, been great. Matt. I, you've you've had a good. I don't know if you've known this, but you've we've been auditioning you every episode secretly. Okay. Okay. And yeah. it wasn't until the last two that you really finally nailed it. So I'm you really happy. You finally got happy. two in a row. Wow. One, one thirteen and one fourteen. Okay. That's uh, that's <laughs> honestly that's good feedback. <laughs> uh, it took a, it took a while, but you know it, it's not unlike um, 
any sort of uh, like souls like sort of experience, what? you know, like I failed a bunch, but that's how you yeah. learn in those games. Right. Yeah. You you fail and then you're like, okay, well, I'll try this. And then you fail again. No, okay. Uh, how about this? Hello, everyone. Okay, you got a little further. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know? Died. <laughs> I hope that when we all reach the end of our our, our mortal coils, that we do uh-huh. see you died across our eyeballs. Like that would just mm. be a good thing to see, I think. I wouldn't feel I- up as upset. I would like Some if closure. that was true, but also that there was no afterlife or explanation. So you'd have one moment of absolute like, wait, was it a game? And then nothing forever. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case scenario is that you have to start over again with all the information that you had. And I was like, well, that took too long. No, well, like man, a new game plus. Yeah, new game plus, and you have to start over, and you're like, "God, this again?" Yeah, this fucking sucks. I, I gotta first, do it again. First chunk of this is gonna be miserable. I would love a new game plus as a human being. If it was yes. like, if I was born at the same time and rocketed in the like, if there was literally a mirror Earth, although it would be completely different because like, like JFK would have done a new game plus and probably like avoided getting shot. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I mean, I think that just calls into question the nature of reality. Like, is this a is this an MMO or is this a single player experience where you are the player character? You are the protagonist. I have no consciousness, so I mm-hmm. know I'm not the protagonist. I have to be an NPC in somebody else's okay. play. <laughs> You're Got a free it. guy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Me neither. But um, yeah. sounds I, right. But point is, folks, look. I'm the third host. I, this was not something that we all thought was happening, but I appreciate uh, Nick and Heather uh, getting getting me up here. Uh, and and look, let's let's keep the ball rolling. But that's not the only change. That's not the only thing we got. That's right. What's what else is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, we are uh, we are. Are we? A, are, wait, are we a Death Stranding only podcast now? Is <laughs> yeah, that we're what's just happening? doing Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Each week analyzing a separate hour of gameplay. Um, <laughs> so that'll give us 200 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a no. The, this is a, first off. I just want to I just want to reiterate. Like I would, we're, we're very, very excited to have Matt on board as part of this. Uh, the, 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 the Triforce of Friendship is complete as far yes. as I'm concerned. We've, yeah, we've that, had the, such a huge part of the show mm-hmm. on mic and behind the scenes from the beginning. And we uh, we just really like felt like the show was that was wasn't just me and heather it was the three of us so yeah we're, we're so glad that we I, I'm, I'm i'm being sincere uh which i rarely am on this show but i just like <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 really really happy to keep t- being able to talk games with you hell yeah thanks you and uh let's just all clear the air i didn't make you do this no <laughs> i i want to know how matt's uh, like equal footing on the podcast is going to affect the amount of times I speak, mm. the amount yeah. of times I speak during an episode, because I feel like as it is, I, most of the time I'm just staring at you guys. Uh-huh. And yeah. <laughs> now that Matt has effectively leveled up, he's powered up. Right. Yeah. He's opened the second gate. I'm like buff free guy. And I, I feel like the, the tone of your jokes, the two of you. Mm-hmm. is going to become so overwhelming that 
I may only last another five, six episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, here's the I mean, I guess what I should say is um, I'm not going to stop until it's just me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, and the show's not going to be different. The show is how it is, right? Like, uh, the, yeah, the it's only the show. It's the, the same show. The only difference is I'll probably, like, when we have guests, if we have guests, I'll talk more than I normally would, which is not a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I know when to find a lane. I don't sure steamroll. And, and that's great for me because yeah. as we learned early on in the podcast, my weakness is talking to the human being mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then my strength is talking about story time facts uh yes. who made the thing what color the thing was the nitty gritty yeah the gritty i'm good at the gritty you guys yeah. take the nitty yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's the new that's the new slogan yeah that's the, the formula yeah we got we got two new t-shirts here suck matt's ass and uh <laughs> <laughs> you handle the gritty, I'll handle the nitty. Yeah, and the air with an arrow in the middle of it pointing up and down. And you isn't really, it's not really clear which is which. <laughs> like, huh? So so that's a change, but not really a change. It's just conceptual. It's yes. just that we, you know, we thought, hey, we've already got a third host. He should be called the third host. Yeah. That's right. Hey, there's there's more news, right? There is more gaming news, gaming podcast news <laughs> regarding this podcast, <laughs> which is that we are going to, you know, uh, uh, about midway through our run, we added this new type, uh, this this format of the, you know, the the general gaming talk, gaming news episode, which we'll do what we do once a month, it, just to make the homework involved in this podcast less onerous for us but also to just make sure that the games we're covering we're giving them the attention that they deserve because it sucks to like you know like well fuck i've had 45 minutes to play through this game and watch some of a of a playthrough because that's what i had time for and now i've got to try to like talk about this it just it doesn't feel like you're giving it the right amount of attention so we've uh, we've reduced our game load even further where we're going to do fewer games and more just sort of general gaming talk episodes. And that will be kind of a 50-50 split uh, moving forward. So you'll get two, you know, deep dives on a game, you know, like, like a Phoenix Wright or a Her Story or next week's game, which some of you have demanded. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're going to spend some time, you know, some extensive time like like playing through that and and, and breaking that down. And then the other two episodes will be just sort of like like this, just kind of fuck arounds. You guys like this shit, right? You like this garbage? <laughs> you fucking love it, you sick freaks. You, this <laughs> also means, ass. okay, <laughs> I don't like the new catchphrase that he immediately, <laughs> immediately, it bums me out. I don't, okay. also, also, the visual. <laughs> no, all like, of it is upsetting. You're, you're right. <laughs> but, but here's the, the other thing is, I think, there will be more to talk about in the yes. new format because, for example, I get to play Ghost of Tsushima this 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 week, right? Yeah. I get to do it. And maybe we'll do an episode about it. Maybe we won't. But mm -hmm. either way, I, I finally get video games back in my life. In a where, fun way. In a fun yes. way. Because I felt enormous guilt and anxiety and stress every time I played Valhalla, because I was right. like, fuck, I should be fucking 
I, what is it we're playing the dog like dog shit simulator or whatever the fuck it is yeah. we're playing this week. So I'm really excited about that. Is that all the news we have? I mean, you, you just teased it, but I might as well mention next week's game dog shit simulator. Okay. So. <laughs> I think that's yeah, it. I think that's so. It for that's, now, yeah, let's logistically what we've got what we've got brewing on the pod. Uh, more Matt, fewer games and more fun. And oh. at some point. Now that we're at like episode 114, 115, whatever, mm-hmm. we will find milestone. our footing with this podcast. <laughs> we'll figure it yes, out. We're going to we'll figure it out. You, you'll be there for it. That's right. I want to talk about a game that I didn't say I wanted to talk about before we talk, started the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Let's I get into talk it. About Let's talk some. Let's talk about what we're we're now playing. Well, you know, I got this Xbox and the Xbox has this Game Pass. And mm-hmm. on the Game Pass, I, you know, was playing uh what, River City Girls? What's that mm-hmm. one called? And Streets of Rage 4 and Microsoft Flight Simulator, but for a significant portion of my gaming history, when I had a PSP and lived in Amsterdam, I was addicted to the puzzle game Luminis or Luminis. Oh yeah. I always said it was luminous, like luminous. 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 Anyway, it's PSP it's come out. a launch title, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and also remember when the PSP came out, it was staggering. It was like, holy shit, there's CD quality sound on this little you could watch a yes. movie on it. It was nuts. It was I mean, the iPhone does that shit now. But but at the time, this was pre-iPhone. It was like if they had made that a cell phone, nobody would have carried anything else forever. It would have just been the thing. But yes, I digress. So Luminez has come out on the Xbox Live Gold Arcade Games Pass, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it's called. And they've remastered it. And I haven't heard that video game in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And for one year, it was the constant soundtrack. And playing it made me smell Amsterdam. Mm. Like it made it like brought back so many a rush of so many sense memories and unpacked like, oh my God, I remember playing this at uh the Cafe de Bali and 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 uh, on the Rosenkracht. And I remember I re- oh my god, I remember eating a pancake and and playing this fucking mm-hmm. game like it was so intense sure guys. About this pancake the pancake okay here's a little maybe i should start a dutch cast because the pancakes <laughs> in amsterdam are gross oh, oh wow. wow you what hate to hear that that sucks yeah. you do that sucks you do they're they're plate sized mm-hmm. okay but they're so far flav- so good. they're flavorless on their mm-hmm. own because you're supposed to add either meat or sweet. Nay fucked this up huge. Are you fucking kidding me? It's so, like so the, easy. So the yeah. pancake, it's also thin like baby skin. Like it feels like you peeled Ugh. it off of like, <laughs> like a birthed elephant and put it like this thin, <laughs> wet. And anyway, so not a huge, not a huge fan of the uh, Panacokin, but huge fan of Luminez on the PSP. And now I recommend it. Also, the music is like in it's stuck in time because they didn't change any of the music. So mm. it's like circa like 2004, 2005 music. So it feels really like Euro 
crash or I don't yeah. know what, you know sure. what I mean? It's great. I remember like when the PSP was on its way out and I remember seeing, the, you know, on its way, you know, to launch rather. And I remember seeing like um, write-ups about uh, Luminez and being like, I have to get a PSP. It looked so cool to me. It was, but yeah. I never, I didn't get one until years later and I never, I've never played it. So I, to now know that it's on Game Pass, I'm going to give Luminez a spin. It's, yeah, it's I always a, thought it was a Sony first party game, so I had no idea it was on other platforms. What's wild about it is that it clear so, you know, puzzle games clear top down usually, right? They clear like you eliminate Tetris blocks and they 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 it's a vertical experience, right? Mm. Luminous is a horizontal experience. The puzzle clears left to right. So, if you don't solve because I think it's color. Yeah, it's color based. If you don't pack all the colors together by the time what what is essentially like a time bar, like almost like the thing that's on GarageBand, mm-hmm. by the time it passes, half of your blocks will disappear and the other half will remain. So you're you're trying to jam stuff. It, it's it's it, it's really fun. Yeah. And I. I also, it's different from puzzles. I want to be clear. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between puzzle game and puzzles. Yes. The difference between sol- solving a crossword and like get three of the letter Q's and put them in this triangle and then Link can get a leaf. Uh-huh. Don't like that second kind. That's it. Did you guys know the uh, the creator of Sudoku died recently? Just speaking of puzzles. No. Sudoku? Sudoku. Uh, yeah, Kaji, who created the uh, Maki Kaji, created uh, Sudoku. He died like he died August 17th. So he died about a week ago as of this record. Wow. And it was it, it's it's interesting that, you know, you think of Sudoku as this thing that's been like, oh, OK, this is it's been around forever, but it was invented in our lifetimes. Yeah. Like it's like it Sudoku blew up in like 2004. I don't remember. I don't know the exact date. I'm trying to find the exact date right now that it was created initially, but it was, you know, it's it certainly like it's possible that Sudoku is newer than the Sony PlayStation, which doesn't seem to make sense. This game that like grandmas play in the newspaper Predate like it's it, it's predated by like a, a you know like a, a console, but it's, yeah, it's true. I have I have some dates in front of me, um, okay. and it looks like uh, that Sudoku puzzles have been around since the 19th century, and the the puzzle has appeared uh, since 1979 in puzzle books under the name Number Place. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, and that it gained okay. widespread popularity in 1986, but in 2004 it became like a like because I remember yeah I was just thinking about this like when you were saying that like the idea that it's something so I don't know like that's like when did they invent the crossword or something like it is like such an old idea yeah. to me that the like idea 35 that it, days ago I think it was oh. like <laughs> oh. I guess I it seemed older to me because yeah. it's like time is weird and like pandemic. Things like yeah. that, but I guess if thirty five yeah. years ago, thirty five days ago is not that old. But um, but Sudoku, yeah, it seems like it's such a an, an older thing. Like you could have told me it right. was invented in like the fourteen hundreds, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. 
<clears throat> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, our our modern version of the Sudoku, because the one I'm looking for in La France newspaper, oh, uh, the French newspaper. By the way, a little on the nose for a French newspaper named La France. Yeah, come on. Was uh, Sacre Bleu Times taken? <laughs> what? No one liked the Croissant Weekly. Over here, we call it La Freedom. That's thank you, Matt, because they didn't help us. But the 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 puzzle in that in that French newspaper from the 19th century is pretty different from what we. It's a numbers based grid puzzle, but it really has nothing in common with what we know of as a as a modern Sudoku. So I guess that version is. Uh, yeah, it's more like the 70s and 80s, which is it, it is not as recent as I thought it was, but it's still pretty, pretty recent in our timeline. Anyway, R.I.P. Uh, Maki Kaji. And uh, hey, speaking of games, you know, Heather was talking about Luminez, a game from the past that's been resurrected. Speaking of that, Diablo 2 resurrected, mm-hmm. had its open beta this past weekend. And you know who was in there chopping up some demons, busting up some skeletons? That's right. Your boys, Nick and Matt. That's right. That's right. They they didn't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> it was honestly, I, they, I, you know, I the only Diablo I've played is Diablo three on Switch and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so getting to play this, I had not played it with a with a pal. So I was yes. just like, I'm just following Nick and I'm just going to go wherever he goes. And, and we're going to fuck people up together. And when we were cracking heads. I was like, I'm having the time of my life. It's it's a lot of fun to party up. You know, I was playing a I was playing a paladin. You're playing a druid, and I'll I'll say this. You know, it is obviously not not the time when anyone wants to be praising the output of Blizzard Activision. But mm-hmm. but you know, all that all that uh, garbage aside, um, this is a really well done remaster like it's like as someone who played it and you know i played this obsessively back in the day when this came out diablo 2 came out in 2000 the lords of destruction expansion uh came out in 2001 and this is that's the version the resurrected is the is a a remaster of the the of the game with the expansion with the additional classes on the additional act as well as a bunch of different patches that have gone into it and updates over the over the years. So it's a really refined, complete version of the game. Um, and it, so it's basically that exact game. It's apparently that exact code running at the same frame rate as the original engine, but just with a with a brand new 4K uh, 3D graphics engine grafted on top of that, including completely redone cinematics. They redid them shot for shot. And it is just like a it's like a for a game that is so fucking old. It is like a breathtaking graphical presentation. The the cinematics were really really incredible. I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. There's like the one that starts the game, and I didn't see, I didn't see another one after that. But it was it was very exciting. Uh, I, yeah, I can't and wait. The, in the open beta, it goes through Act Two. So there's the there's the initial cut scene. There's the the opening cinematic, and then there's the one that bridges the gap between Act One and Act Two, which is a, 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 a very awesome, memorable cinematic. And it just like it looks really fucking great. I, so painstaking because because like you can watch shot by shot comparisons and they just like they read it absolutely everything. I missed out on Diablo 2 back in the day, despite its popularity with my gamer friends, mm-hmm. uh, in part because I did not have a computer capable of running it. 
And then also, I'm not really into the aesthetic on a lot of the, like on a lot of Activision Blizzard. Well, at the time it was just Blizzard, right? Yeah. Like there's something about the aesthetic of it that just doesn't appeal to me, which is not to say that it is bad. It is like, you have a preference between a red car, a black car, and a blue car. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the other car's color is bad. It's just for you. Mm. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying it, but I literally have nothing to add because I don't, I, other than like magazine screenshots of Diablo 2, I don't even think I've ever seen it running. Well, so Matt, this was your first experience playing Diablo 2. Yeah. Uh, you, you previously experienced the Diablo franchise, as you said. As someone, as a noob, uh-huh. uh, like, how did you feel? Because I will say that, 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 it felt like there was some there. There's there's you know it's a it's an older game. It's where it's back in the RTFM days, where there'd be the expectation that you'd have read a manual before you start playing this thing. There's not a lot of onboarding right. in game. There's not a lot of tutorial outside of a of a of a, a help tips you can bring up. You know, like one single screen that shows all the controls. Like how did how did you feel playing it for the first time? I mean. It's it's interesting because it's a beta, right? So it's like not mm-hmm. the complete build of the game. It's like them sort of testing. Like I mean, it's coming out next month, so it's as complete yeah. It as felt it can pretty. Be. It felt pretty close to complete. Like they had a couple character classes weren't weren't uh, playable, and yeah. there's some bugs you'll run into. But it, it felt like pretty close to the finish line. And like I thought it, I thought it played well. I thought um, like I messed around with it on PS5 and Xbox just to like play a little bit of both. Um, and I mean, I, so I know that there was like, uh, like a, a debacle with Diablo three, just in general, like it be like played like poorly. And like, it just like, wasn't what people were used to really uh, bungled launch eventually salvaged with some updates. Yeah. And so I played the like fully updated version of Diablo three and I thought compared like the Diablo two resurrected compared to that experience on, even on switch, I thought it, it did feel a little jankier to me. Like it, like it didn't feel sure like a hundred percent as fluid, but I'm sure that like at launch, it'll feel like great. It looked cool. Like I, I'm excited to see what, cause like there's like, obviously, Oh, when we saved Deckard Kane, I was so excited. Um, oh yeah. Cause he's a presence in, in three and I'm familiar with him. And I was like, wow, he's here too. This is great. He, he <laughs> he's like the Sid of the franchise yeah. in Final Fantasy terms. And so I was just like, I I definitely want I, I my takeaway from the beta is that when it's launched, I'm gonna yeah. get it. But I am yes bad. I'm I'm not well. I'm like, it's not having a physical release. It's a digital only release. I saw. Uh, I'm mm. sure that they might physically release it at some point down the line, like they yeah, did with Diablo three. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to choose which which just. Which system am I going to want to play it on the most? I had a great time playing Diablo three on Switch and just take. You had to have yeah online though, um, to you know, or stable Wi Fi connection to play that wherever you wanted. But um, I I I'm looking forward to it. It seems like it's it's just more Diablo, and if I can squat up with pals, oh boy, I'm going to run through this thing, and they're we're going to save Tristam yet again. We're going to have a ball and maybe we're going to maybe we'll even recruit uh, Campbell to party up with us for a bit. It was really fun, Heather. Heather's shaking her head Ugh. vigorously. <laughs> I don't game with people. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say, say a comment on a couple of things. One is that 
So the the you know the the inventory size, which is like very small, and then there's a stamina mechanic, which is like a real like it's it's like a real drag. It kind of you know you can't run everywhere. You have to like like pace yourself out with running. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to toggle that, and both of those things were like annoying at the time and are still annoying. And there was maybe an argument to like, oh, we'll just uh, do an update and and fix those, and you'll have a bigger inventory, and and you can and stamina will be off or it'll be optional or. You know, and they didn't. They were just like, yeah, no, fuck it. We're just going to give you the old game. And I kind of like that choice. I kind of like that it is just the exact same game. They didn't really like, you know, fix any of the dated issues. They were just sort of like, no, nah, this is a this is a nostalgia hit that's got a uh, that's glossy and, you know, polished up. And that's that's what we're going to deliver. I do like that decision. You mentioned playing it on on PS5 and Xbox, mm-hmm. Matt, and I messed around with it on PS5 a little bit. I also played it on PC a bit with mouse and keyboard. So this is the first time Diablo 2 has had controller, like controller support. So that's been a whole thing of like them figuring out how to adapt the a very UI heavy game from 20 years ago designed for PC for mouse and keyboard into p- being playable with a controller. I think they did a pretty damn good job. The one issue is... And I saw this happening with you, mm-hmm. uh, where you were your character was You're just really bad at pick- the game. <laughs> you came. To, you seem to be trying to kiss the enemies for some reason. Um, the the attack button by default is ma- is mapped to the same. A button as picking up items. Yes. So it, you're, as you're trying to attack enemies, and you're just you're just swinging your whatever your weapon of choice is repeatedly in this mm-hmm. game. As you're trying to mash your way through a big a big bun- bunch of enemies, you'll just end up repeatedly picking up and dropping loot on the ground. And as I mentioned, your inventory size is very small, so if you're accidentally picking something up you don't want to pick up. That's a big pain in the ass. I do kind of I, I understand why they did it the way they did it, but I do kind of feel like. For anyone who, who who ends up playing this game down the line, do what I did, which was a tip I stole from someone on on Reddit, uh, and, and just remap your attack to like one of the triggers, so that you're you have oh. a separate button for pickup and a separate button for attack, so you're not having running into that all the time because that that was a, a one frustration. Mm. Yeah, because mm. in your it, the the movement that you're spending on picking something up is a, a movement you're not using for attacking and then you're getting right. attacked. So it is, yes, that was a pain in the ass. And I died. Yeah. I, I died a lot of times. You can get surrounded very, like, you know, a whole, it's one of those things you learn of just like, Oh shit, there's a room full of skeleton archers. I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, Oh shit. There's a bunch of dung beetles that shoot electricity. Um, they're going to be, be spamming charged bolt everywhere. I need to get the fuck out of here. Cause if you get surrounded, you know, like you're 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 in, you're in trouble. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh wait, well, I showed up for a blind date, and it's Nick Weiger. I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the so uh, so they they update a lot, and and I know I'm monologuing about this game, but I'm I'm I like you know this was a this was pro- one of my most played games ever, so I have yeah. a lot of thoughts. Uh, that I'm just going to uh, dump out here and make you guys listen to it. Uh, <laughs> I love the it. two of you and our listeners. <laughs> uh, the they they uh, they updated the gra- completely overhauled the graphics. Graphics look fantastic, including the cinematics. The sound design they basically kept intact, and the sound design was a real highlight of this game. They're using the same samples. They just cleaned up some of them and added some new effects. Added sort of the you know like a Dolby 7.1, whatever the standard is. Um, and uh, and the 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 original music is there. The original music by Matt Ullman is so fucking good. And I'm not sure how you felt about the music, Matt, but I that's one thing I feel like Diablo has never... 
Diablo 3 just never reached the heights uh, orally, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, that Diablo 2 did. Um, and so here's a couple of tracks that you will you would have experienced in the open beta. The first one is uh, Tristram, which you mentioned earlier. That's the town you go in where you where you rescue Deckard Kane. Like it, very, very good. Yeah, it's great. It's like this orchestral, acoustic, uh, guitar synth sort of you know hybrid they use, and with a lot of heavy metal in some parts. It's like a really, really interesting, unique, sto- unique score. Yeah, when it gets kind of metally, that's when I'm yeah. like. Now we're talking, baby. <laughs> uh, there's another track I got here. This is from uh, Act 2, the town you get to, the desert town of Loot Golane. This is like, what's that guy who, uh, Goldsmith? Is that his name? The guy who did the Alien soundtrack? Mm. Feels like that a little bit. Like one of his. Yeah, it's great at creating atmosphere. I I just watched The Green Knight, like literally today. Uh-huh. And, and like if this was in The Green Knight, you wouldn't think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you might be like, I think this is from Diablo. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> is this Luke Golane from the Diablo 2 soundtrack? A major Hollywood movie? I just heard this on How Did This Get Played? <laughs> <laughs> Matt told me to suck his ass. <laughs> might not be weird in The Green Knight either. Uh, anyway, yeah, the music's really good. The sound design's really good. I think this is this this whole thing is an aesthetic marvel, and um, I'm excited to play it. You know, like a uh, fuck Blizzard management, fuck Activision management, but the workers and developers who are uh, worked hard in this game, I think, should uh, give themselves a pat on the back. Um, all right, let's. Uh, hey, Heather, you should talk. Let's let you talk hey, for a while. Is wait, is it time for? Is it should I go in my hole? That's right. It's time for a trip down memory card lane as our own Heather Ann Campbell shows and tells an item from a retro collection. It's another edition of Heather's hole. My hole. Welcome <laughs> to my hole. <laughs> Is this where I live and where I keep my games? You know, you know, in the Sonic movie, how Sonic has a cave. It's like that, except instead of a cave, you you descend into it. And it's about a foot and a half deep and wet at the bottom. God. And you just kind of lay down. It's like the Saddam Hussein hiding spot. That's where I live. A spider hole? <laughs> Guys, I can't remember if I've covered this on Heather's Hole before. But today I'm talking about the virtual boy. Wow. wow. 
Yeah, I have a virtual boy. In <laughs> fact, I have more than one virtual boy. Really? And wait, have I done this before? No, Didn't I, make I don't think fun you have. The, like how like the name virtual boy is a funny name. Maybe it yeah. was unrelated. Maybe. Anyway, this is one of those systems where I brought this to show my girlfriend and she was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I was like, it's a Nintendo virtual boy. And she's like, what? I've never heard of this thing. And that's in part because the total number of units sold from the virtual boy, which is a system released in 1995 slash 1996. Uh, it was released in Japan in 1995 uh, here in 1995 and then discontinued in 1996 the total number of systems sold was 770,000. Like wow. for, a, for a company like Nintendo, that is a massive failure. Yes. A huge, huge flop. There were kiosks for the Virtual Boy at the mall. You could go try it out. And everybody turned away going, what, what, what is this? Why would you do this? Who would make this? Yeah. Why would you do it? And it was developed by the same dude who did the Game Boy, the guy who was working on the Game Boy Pocket. His name was Gunpei Yokoi, I think. Uh, yeah. And he had this awesome concept, which was lateral thinking with withered technology. Basically, that the technology used to make a video game system does not have to be bleeding edge. What it has to be is laterally thinking fun. So the Game Boy was not as fancy as the Game Gear, but it had strengths that, you know, applied to the Game Boy that made it the success that it was. And the technology for the Virtual Boy, which was a stereoscopic video game system that initially was developed with head tracking. So it was like a head tracking virtual unit that you would put on your head and look around. Uh, it was based on a existing scanned linear array LED eyepiece that they were like, oh shit, this would make for a stereoscopic video game. It'd be fucking awesome. The tech had been around since 1985. Why not make it a thing for kids? Unfortunately, the head tracking had to be discontinued when they were developing it because it started to make people sick. They couldn't make it in color. <laughs> so what was released was a table mount, like a thing you put on your table like a, almost like a camera tripod, mm -hmm. you know, like it, yeah. it had like little legs and a thing that went on top of it. And you, you sat down hunched over on your table, the heat of the system pressed against your face. Like the virtual boy had a smell of hot plastic and the sound was stereo because it was right by your ears. The controller, you had to be able to use without looking at the controller because your face was jammed into the machine itself. So the controller has handles on it and two D-pads above your thumbs and then two identical, it's a mirrored controller. Uh, it was a catastrophe for Nintendo. Ju like the dude who made it got fired or quit. He ended up making the Wonder Swan and then died very soon afterwards. Um, the Wii U, when we think of the Wii U, it's a failure, right? Uh-huh. The Wii yeah. U still sold 13.6 million units. <laughs> the Virtual Boy sold 770,000. That's like 
that's like barely a YouTube hit. You yeah, know? Yes. But here's what I here's. So I have the fucking thing. I have it in a plastic briefcase that they used to make for at Blockbuster because you could rent them because Nintendo was desperate to try and make them sell. They were extremely expensive. They were like $179, which is like $315 in today's money. Right. Like they, they tried everything and it failed. But playing it today is like, like a turn of the century. It's like, it's like playing something from the world's fair in the 1900s. It's yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> what a wild piece of tech this is. And very few people have heard the kind of music it was capable of producing. So on today's podcast, I'm going to play a little bit of music from Waterworld, which just like the Super Nintendo version does not deserve the soundtrack that it got on the Virtual Boy. Um, so I'm going to share this and we'll listen to Waterworld on the, uh, let's see, share sound. Optimize. Okay. This is Waterworld for the... Oh, no. To share your computer audio, please install Zoom audio device. Uh, no. I'm just going to send you this fucking link, Yeah, dude. I'll, I'll do it. What a catastrophe. No, Stop this is share. Fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God. Wait. <laughs> hmm. I guess. Wait, now that I'm hearing it again, the sound on the Virtual Boy also sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that somehow so, was and wasn't what I was expecting. Like, I, I don't. Yeah. Like, that was that was a crazy experience. Can I, can I also, I know I, we've, we've been in my hole for a little bit here, but I want to play one other track. <laughs> this is also if, from if Waterworld? Okay. No, no, no. This is from Wario. Wario, it's Wario Land Virtual Boy, which was a 3D platformer for the, uh, for the Virtual Boy. Check out these amazing tunes. From the near $300 in today, here, just start it from the, I don't know, here, we're, start it from level one theme, level theme one. This is at an interesting spot where this is like, like not as sophisticated as a Super Nintendo, but a good degree more sophisticated than what the Game Boy was capable of. This was a 32-bit like system. This had the same amount of processing as like a PlayStation. Right. I like that they've decided like early on that Wario was their weird guy and that they'll, <laughs> yeah. always, put, they'll always make Wario do the weird stuff. Ugh. It's just not. I love it. It's not, but it. Yeah. Okay. You you can find some pleasure in that jam, but it is not World One One Super Mario. No, like, it's it's like a it, it's a 
it's like a little too aggressive. Yeah. And I can imagine especially that coming through headphones while you're also your vision is occluded because your face is jammed up against something that would that would it would be a disorienting experience. Matt, have you ever played the virtual boy? I, I'm glad you asked because I have actually. I, I'm surprised to say that I have. I remember, wow. but I remember being very, very young at like, I, you know, at like a camp or something that I was dropped off at, like with my brothers for like a day. Like, mm-hmm. just, so like while my parents worked, just so we had something to do like during the summertime. And I remember. I don't know if they had a virtual boy or some one of the teenagers who worked there like had a virtual boy and they brought it. And I remember playing like the Mario tennis game and not knowing what to do because I was little. Right. I was like five. Like I, I, I didn't know what to do. So I was just bad at it. And then I was like, well, I hate this. <laughs> I, was like, I don't like this at all. You have to put your face by it. Yeah. I was like, ah, no, I'll just, I'll just go kick this ball over here. <laughs> Who does? I mean, like, you're a kid. You've got all the energy in the world. Yeah. Even when you're playing Nintendo, you're bouncing around your elbow and your brother or your sister. Right. Who thought what I want to do is isolate this being's movement so that they cannot move? So that if <laughs> if they move, they'll give themselves a headache. Yes. And I want them to sit at a table hunched over because there was in order yeah. to look into it you had to tilt your head slightly down like it wasn't tall enough to like sit at eye level what a nightmare it it's like exactly they they somehow where as like the game boy and the super nintendo and and the nes were so fun that anybody would pick up and play it they made the Virtual Boy so unfun that a child who liked video games had no interest in it. <laughs> I was like, what? No. I do feel yeah. like we we should figure out what guest that we're going to have on our show who we play on with the Wario Land Virtual Boy theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because we don't, we don't play guest themes to begin with, so that all, all already is like a... You know, that's a change of routine. I think that would work for any of us. For us? Let's just have it be Matt's theme. Okay, great. That's Matt's theme. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait a second. (laughs) That's what you get. You're a host. You get a theme. That's the theme. We voted two to one. (laughs) I don't align myself with the actions of Wario. Just before we were about to record, you sent this text. OMG, I just finished Ori in the Blind Forest and it crashed at the very end. Yeah. Talk us through it. And also, let's talk these Ori games. Uh, Again, this will be me and you talking about something I don't think Heather has played. Uh, But man, I I love the Ori's. I don't. Yeah, I won't belabor it. I, I so I've been playing Kingdom Hearts and I'm still on. This is part of it. Like I'm still I'm still on um Birth by Sleep, but I just needed a fucking break from it and I was like I want right. to play something that like y- you know, a quote unquote short game. It's still like an 8 to 10 hour game or in the in the blind forest, but I was like, but this has been hovering on my uh Xbox Series S. Uh so why not get into this? And like I immediately fell in love with it. It's uh, it's yeah. like from the jump so much fun and so, so cool. charming. The 
The art design for it is just so interesting. I would like die for that little guy. I love him. Little Ori. He's so cute. Yeah. Uh, and his movie. And then Real like, pie. you just also like it. I think I said this a couple weeks ago, even because um, it's like it's a what type of game would you call it? is this it's a metroidvania right it's a like, metroidvania yeah. yeah and so like but in other ex- like experiences i've had with metroidvanias where you die and have to do like a whole stretch of it again you get i would get really frustrated in that but in this game for some reason i found those experiences to be really rewarding because like when you get past the part you're struggling with it's like oh like great and then it's like something cool happens like i don't know it's just like very it was a very rewarding experience all throughout gameplay and so i'm finally like uh on like the last part of it which is like this crazy like escape level where you have you're Mm -hmm. you know at any turn uh god what is the bird's name oru or something uh no uh that's not right uh the big just, there I, I forget all the names of the characters this big bird character can come and s- like swoop at you at any point and kill you yes. and send you all the way back so i'm struggling through this thing i finally get all the way through it it's kuro playing, is it kuro yeah um yeah. and i've basically saved the ecosystem of this forest um mm. and i you know i did it and like it's playing like the final like cinematic part like it's it's explaining some parts of the story and then it just hard crashes like and then shuts off oh, man and so i'm like oh god well i was like okay well i can just do i know how to do that last part now right i'll go in and i'll do this again and so i go back and i do it and it's glitched in a way that i can't fix like Ugh. um it's Cause right before there's like a safe state right before the very end of the escape where you mm-hmm. exit water and you're, you're, you have a swimming mechanic and then you're out of water and it saves when you're out of it. But for some reason it still thinks I'm in the water, even though I'm on the land and trying to um, like parachute upward using the gust, but it still thinks I'm in water. Um, so I'm like swimming and I can't get past it. So I have to, there's like an auto save oh, before that. Oh, you can't that. get out of the swim cycle. It was the like the swim loop. Yeah, and so I swim had to movement. go back a little bit further, I think, before even this, whatever the That's previous thing is. And like, I mean, the thing is, I don't have to. I did finish the. I finished it. I could did you watch, pop the achievement for I finishing got the, it. Yeah, I got the love achievement, which I think is like okay. the last thing. And so I, I got it, but it didn't save that I had finished. Um, yeah, and so I guess. I could go back and get it just for my own sanity, or I could start uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, which I I can't wait to because I I didn't know that I would love this game, and it's it's I I recommend it to anyone who yeah like, they're super fun yeah they're 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 just uh, aesthetically so pleasing like they look they look so great the 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 score is great you uh, I think Matt you are going to be driven slowly mad if you don't re- like go back and, More and so. finish this yeah, yeah, I, th- yeah. I, I think i think you i think you probably have to do this for closure um and i hope you continue with orion and the will of the wisp which i which i enjoyed and does and has a lot of uh you know refinements and improvements on the original yeah. and also just like looks you know it, it it looks a lot better this um uh the studio behind orion the blind forest moon studios is all remote 
like before the Zoom era of, you know, really? remote work. They they were just like, it's a bunch of different, it's a collective of different people working in different territories around hmm. the world. And they just sort of like, they just all work remotely. And, and it's kind of amazing. I guess it sort of speaks to like, oh, more places should should be open to that because that they're able to craft something so polished uh, without having a lot of like, you know, everyone all in the same office at the same time. Uh, like without having that that sort of workflow. That's really interesting. Huh. I didn't know that. They, I mean, they turned in quite a product. It just shows that yeah, yes. you can do that. Yeah. Um. We're uh. Hey, we're we're recording podcasting magic remotely right now. That's that's you can right. do it. You could do it if we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I I do want to say real quick, Matt, because you're talking about not being frustrated with some of those sequences. I think it's yeah. I think it does a smart thing. We it's like the Super Meat Boy thing of like if you've got like an escape sequence where you've got to get out of there really, you've got to do like a bunch of different things precisely to uh yeah to to pass the sequence. It's just got a really quick restart without like a it's not super punishing. Yeah. So it, like it, it even if it's kind of difficult, you're not really getting frustrated because you're getting so many reps at it. And, and you know, like those boss fights, I think, at the end are, are like really satisfying as a result. 100 percent. Or what the game considers boss fights, which are more escape sequences. Yeah. I want to know if we've crossed the threshold of having made more episodes remotely than having made regular episodes in person oh yeah we i mean Great we did this i think we did it like six months ago honestly yeah oh like, god yeah yeah we did we did quite a few <laughs> um i mean here's the thing i could pull this up right now because i uh i have data we did 39 episodes pre-covid jesus wow yeah, yeah and jesus then, christ yeah so we've done Fuck. <laughs> way more uh now like post you know, post COVID after our last in studio episode was um, <laughs> uh, March 6, 2020. You know wow. what? Can you can you play that? Can you play that track one? Uh, Wario Land. I know what it is now. I know what it when we play it. OK, just level one. Before you hit play, though, let me know, because I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you I'm going to cue it up. OK. Okay, I'm ready. Hey, you ready? Okay. Hey, guys, I, it's great. We're gonna. I, I heard we're gonna record in the studio again. We're gonna. We're gonna meet in person. Hit it, Matt. We're gonna meet in person. And uh, uh oh, it's COVID. <laughs> oh no! COVID's coming in. What a stinker! Oh boy! Oh, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh we've been playing a lot of game music today and and while we're talking ori i mean the score is is really really awesome uh fuck i had the composer's name up here oh gareth coker i uh, did the did the score for both games and here's a track we'll just play one track this is a track from uh the sequel ori and the will of the wisp this is luma pools Just everything in this game is like so like ethereal. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it does such a such a great job of, of mood setting. And I've said in the past that I'm a skeptic about teeny tiny shit, like small creatures. Yeah. In in a normal sized world, 
Ori is so good. The Ori games are so good that they get I'm able to get past that mental hurdle. You're a regular Gulliver. I'm a Gulliver. <laughs> Don't mess around with the Lilliputians. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a great score, great game, great games. Yeah, everything about it, like top to bottom, just works for me. It's so yeah. so good. Um, and like, yeah, fun enough gameplay loops where you're like, like I could spend like thirty minutes on a part, on like a sequence, and then get past it and be, like not feel like I was like having a bad time i i loved it because like you also there's great power-ups or, or great yes. skills that you can get throughout the game too that make the game so fun because then you when you have to traverse back you can finally be like oh i have the smashing power now i can go under this log because i can smash it it feels so good it feels like yeah. you can do it as someone who's played a lot of metroidvanias i yeah. al- i do always love when i'm like like well how do i get past this part like oh i need a thing i don't yes. have yet i'll come back here when i have the thing like yeah. I, I i always feel very satisfied by those discoveries uh i i mean just i played i played blind forest and will of the wisps back to back during lockdown and uh-huh. the the refinements uh, the, you know like what you mentioned the upgrades and and the way the, the way the the traversal you know upgrades are in, in particular paced out is a little different there's there there's also more extensive like upgrade tree mm-hmm. uh so i'd be interested to see your thoughts on that but but yeah a lot of fun hey i had this thought earlier that i pitched the, the two of you since we were discussing earlier in the episode diablo 2 resurrected or a master of a 20 year old game first released in 2000 as i mentioned the expansion released in 2001 i thought We'd take another trip down memory card lane and talk about what we were playing 20 years ago in the year of our Lord, 2001, a banner year for video games. Wow. Well, you know, 2001 was the year I went from Sega to Sony. Wow. Wow. And I had a Dreamcast, you know, in my in my room and 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 was playing Playing Marvel versus Capcom two with the uh, with my friends from across the hall, and playing it ev- every day like that was like the hey I got fifteen minutes you want to play Marvel Capcom yeah sure I'll come over. But the truth is that two thousand one was when when the Switch happened you know not the Nintendo Switch but mm-hmm. my personal my personal fandom crossed the bridge and never came back. And so in 2001, I was playing Final Fantasy X, Silent Hill 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, and I was replaying Final Fantasy 8 uh, on the PlayStation 2. Wow. Because that was backwards compatible. That's right. And the the quicker load times really made a difference. Yeah. Those three games, Final Fantasy X, Silent Hill 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, that's all I did that year. Wow. And... As a long-term Final Fantasy fan, I went to the Final Fantasy X website, the 10 website, for like a year and a half before that game came out. And just, they, they played the um, piano theme mm-hmm. and like you saw a fire and you saw the cast sitting around the fire and it looked impossibly good. And I was yeah. so excited. And then the voice acting in that game made it one of my least favorite experiences of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking su- And there's nothing you can do about it. 
Yeah. Mm. You can't turn the voices down. No, there wasn't. This was back when there'd be like. Eat shit. (laughs) Ruin my life. Wow. Uh, I look probably people who listen to this podcast like annoying voices. So, hey. (laughs) Well, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. (laughs) Uh, This is uh, you. You talked about some some bangers already, Heather. Here's some of the games that came out in 2001, just to give people some a sense of time. Halo, Metal Gear Solid 2, Grand Theft Auto 3 was mentioned. Um, Advance Wars, Final Fantasy X was mentioned. Super Smash Bros. Melee, Golden Sun, JRPG for uh, the Game Boy Advance. Eco, Civilization 3, Max Payne. Pikmin, Silent Hill 2 was mentioned, Sonic Adventure 2, Baldur's Gate 2, the Throne of Ball expansion. It's just, it's just, it's it's staggering how much came out. And as I was looking through this list earlier, I realized that some of the ga- my favorite gaming experiences from the year of our Lord 2001 were Game Boy Advance games. Uh, mm. Advance Wars was, was so fucking good. Uh, Wario Land 4, we were talking Wario earlier, but Wario Land 4 is just like a really refined and fun platformer. Uh, there's all sorts of like like Wario's abilities, all the shape-shifting he can do are just like really, it, it's it's really goofy and and just enjoyable and also just like looks fucking great. Um, uh, Golden Sun, I, we, we just uh, we just touched on. It's like that was a that was a really fucking good system that had some really really great games that absorbed a lot of my time. But also, Heather, I know you're a fan of Eco. Uh, yeah, and Eco is a game that made such an impression on me. It's one of those games that I just remember like just like like thinking about, which I didn't often do. Where like I just be like I'd play a game and like for so long for so much of my of being a kid, I was just like, oh, that was fun. Oh, that was good. And Eco's a game I was like, fuck. Like in the same way, like you, like when you're, when you, you're a kid, you're watching movies and then you see like an independent film for the first time. And you're like, oh, sh- like shit. There was like a deeper meaning there. Like what, <laughs> what, yeah. ha- what something my, my, br- I'm thinking about this thing now. I, the eco provoked the same response with me. Yeah. I, I didn't play eco until, uh, 2005 oh, okay. was when I was when I played it. Um, Is that when Shadow of the Colossus came out? Around then? Might be. Might be. 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I missed it on the... So... Yeah, 2005. I got my PS2, uh, and then I almost immediately... In 2002, I moved to Amsterdam and couldn't get... I mean, you can't run a PlayStation without, like, a transformer... Mm-hmm. And you can't output it to a TV because it was a, a PAL television. So I had to buy a new PlayStation 2 when I lived in Europe. And all the games were coming out like a year later. So like, I think I right. just missed, a, I, I, I just had a weird window. Uh, and eventually became, in order to get, because I was addicted to Final Fantasy Eleven. Uh, which is the first online Final Fantasy. And I was playing it on my laptop at a frame rate of like 15 frames per second, like just <laughs> awful. And so finally I figured out a workaround to have an American 
PlayStation 2 with the hard drive, with Final Fantasy XI, outputting to a PAL TV with a signal converter and was able to play it at like full resolution. And wow. it was a miracle. I was like, whoa, right. this is great. Um, but that was years later. That wasn't Final Fantasy. I mean, that was, was not 2001. Right. Right. Uh, Matt, how about you? What were you playing with in 2001? Let me guess. My rattle. Oh, my Fucking God. baby. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> You're young is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely, there was, I was thinking about this because I didn't have a PS2 in 2001. I probably didn't get a PS2 until maybe like a year or two after. I know that. Okay. Because I remember mm. I had Jack 2. And I got Jack 2 for oh, Christmas, yeah. and it was like a new game. And that, that was exciting to me because I was like, wow, this game's like pretty new. So I was mm. probably playing a lot of like PS1 games still. I was saying I had this anecdote about 9-11 when you oh, asked me this right. question earlier. And it was, I remember on September 11th, obviously 9-11 had happened already. My mom picked us up from school because t- she was just like, this is going to happen everywhere she was just like panicked and took took us out of school that day and we went to the store and like got like beans like cans of beans and water and went home um and then i really wanted to play crash team racing but i could not and i was not allowed to because we had to watch the news so like i was forced to watch the news and i was so (laughs) fucking mad i remember being so mad being like but i want to i want to play crash team racing so I i remember playing that a lot but i also remember like, um, I was a Game Boy kid because I didn't like right. those games were just a little cheaper. And there were three of us. I have two brothers. I have two other brothers. Yeah. Or I have, you know, uh, three brothers now. Um, but at that time, there was only there was three of us. And so we all had to share and we couldn't we didn't have uh, we, like PS2 or, uh, or even Game Boy Advance then. So I remember playing a lot of Pokemon Gold back then. I remember playing yeah, Crash Team Racing. Honestly, I was probably playing like the Monsters Inc. game, like played like played that whatever the Emperor's New Groove game was too. Um, but I remember at my uncle's house playing like Grand Theft Auto Three, SSX Tricky. Um, SSX Tricky is still one of my favorite. I wish they would just port it. I I, I love SSX Tricky so yeah. much. Um, and uh, God, what else? Um, I thought I re- oh. Um, Oh, I mean, yeah, Jack and Daxter even came out like uh, in 2001. I remember being a super like a super Jack and Daxter fan. Um, And then when Jack 2 came out, I was like, hey, I like Grand Theft Auto more now. So this is actually really cool that they they changed and made it like this because I like this more. So this right because they made Jack Two a little darker, right? That yeah, was the trend at the time. Yeah, they gave him a gun. Like they, <laughs> in in the first one, he's like this like this guy who doesn't talk and like wears like a like a tunic, like almost like Zelda like and like but doesn't have a, a, any weapons. And in the second one, it opens with him being tortured and then wearing normal clothes and he talks and he has a gun and he can drive cars and he'll and he shoot people. <laughs> Such a weird time that that early two thousands where everything went yeah. new metal for a bit. Well, had, we we've talked about it before with the Prince of Persia franchise yeah. did the same thing. Nine eleven changed everything. They were like Jack it's needs true. a gun now. Like he has, <laughs> he needs a gun, 
And like cool, like he had like four different ones. They were, I think, because then the Ratchet and Clank came out like right after that too. And they were like, he's got a ton of guns, but they're fun and more interesting. Whereas Jack's guns are like, these are like based on real guns, but <laughs> they shoot lasers. Um, I played Jack 3 back in the day. I think that was that was the I might have played Jack and Daxter a little bit, but Jack 3 is the one I remember. And then they didn't they make a Daxter spin-off game? Was it for PSP or Vita? They made a yeah, a Daxter spin-off game, uh, which I never played. And I, I know that they did because they did a string of those where they're like they ported PSP exclusives to PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never I never messed around with it. Um and they also made a Jack racing game called jack x which i honestly people clown on it but i thought it was really good it was like a wow sort of like like mad max style like racing game with these characters uh and i thought i thought it was really interesting uh uh, really fun had a nice like crunch to it i remember um but jack 3 is also not unlike prince of persia 3 where like he has like a dark like transformation, but then also like a light right, transformation. Yes. So they were just, this right. was a, a trend in games. They're like, he's good and he's bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we swung the pendulum too far with the second edition. Let's yeah. try to cr- course correct a little yeah, bit. Yeah, now he has like angel powers. <laughs> right. That'll make everyone happy, right? Yeah, everybody, who doesn't love an angel? Who doesn't? Well, hey, that was gaming 20 years ago in 2001. It's time for the question block. All right, here's we got one question here, and it's from Adam Baker from our email, uh, and they write, uh, "I was this." Uh, here's the subject line: tutorials, tutorials. Question. I was wondering how you guys feel about tutorials in games. I know there are constantly new generations of kids starting to play games, and they may need some direction on the basics of gameplay, so they need tutorials. Most games have them and can take 15, 30 minutes to start or longer before being free to play on your own. For me, I just want to jump into a game and discover the controls myself. Do you prefer in-depth tutorials, or do you prefer start cold and learn as you go? Of those two options, give me the second. I mean, I like I, you know, I, you can sort of figure out what a character can and can't do. I feel like pretty quickly I like the kind of a really unobtrusive tutorial that's just kind of like you'll you'll you start off and you're just sort of like, OK, I'm figuring out that this the analog stick is for movement. And then I'll kind of then you'll just kind of hit like a like press X to climb or something. You know, you'll just get like a little prompt that will tell you the a thing you can do at the time you can do it. And then you're just supposed to retain that. Like, I, I, I think just give it very, very a, a very light touch with this. What I, what I can speak to you about tutorials and why they are so or at least for a time were so, so, you know, handholdy in the early game from my time in development is when you'll watch focus tests of people playing games, in particular kids playing games, if there's any sense of frustration or obstacles in the early going, they're just like, ch- they check out immediately. And I think at the publisher level, there is such a, a a fear that like, especially when you're dealing with big franchise games that like, oh shit, we have to make sure that people know exactly what to do, especially early on, so they don't just like retur- like like stop this game and return it or... Uh, go online and bash it and say it sucks because yeah. they didn't know what to do within the first 30 minutes of gameplay. But I, I, it's 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 gone too far. Honestly, Nintendo is probably the worst offender. Like Nintendo's first party stuff has way, way too much handholding. Which is also wild because Nintendo sort of 
provided the greatest template for how a tutorial should work, which is that Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 1-1 is a tutorial that is disguised as a level. So you first, your first encounter is one little Goomba walking towards you and you can press a button and hop over him or, or jump onto him or whatever. Like each, each portion of that stage teaches you the next thing you need to know in the stage and it's invisible. So there's a point where there is like a broken pyramid of blocks separated by a gap with a, uh, with a chunk of land inside of the gap. So if you go up the left side of the pyramid and drop down into the bottom because you didn't time your jump correctly, nothing bad happens to you. That exact pattern is then repeated later with a bottomless pit in the middle. So it is teaching you how to play the game while you are moving forward. And now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm Mario and my hat's going to fucking talk to me for 35 minutes before I know how to... <laughs> so yeah, I mean... <laughs> my ideal tutorial is that is that invisible kind, you know, where you never yeah. get told like press press B to climb up a rope ladder. It's just right. that you see the rope ladder and you have a button dedicated to climb. And unless you're a fucking lunatic, <laughs> you would press B to climb a rope with your climb button. Yeah. I, I think there's I, I, first off that that level is is so so good. Uh, also, just a master class there, Heather, detailing why that works so well as a tutorial. It's just it's uh, it's I, I I I totally agree. That's that's the that's what you want. And in a modern game, uh, like if you just release Super Mario Brothers today and you had that sort of philosophy, it would be like as soon as you hit the the first Goomba, it would be like Mario, that's a Goomba. Like if you run into <laughs> yeah. him, you'll take damage. Press uh, press A to jump over him. You know, like it would just like it would. It, it's it's just it, and that that's so much less elegant and so much more of an interruption of the experience. I don't know. It's also because games are fucking complicated now. You got like what? You get two analog sticks, a D pad, uh, whatever, four shoulder buttons, uh, four face buttons. You got you got so much fucking shit you can do now. There's so many more possibilities that I think they just they, they it feels like there's like an instinct to ex- to over explain. Yeah. Yeah, like they do do like I'm I'm trying to think of like even in like Pokemon games, you don't necessarily get a sense that you're in it. So I guess when you reach that man who teaches you how to catch a Pokemon in that first one, that's like the most tutorially as it gets. But everything else you get like from an in-world explanation of like why something is happening. Like when yeah. you, if you went, you wouldn't necessarily know about like weaknesses in Pokemon unless you like went into like that little school that like has the books on like uh, training and things like that. Uh, but like, I, I like when they give you an in world reason for why you're learning something, not necessarily like stopping the action or whatever, but like even like the last of us, like they, it's a like, you kind of just are in it. And then sure. it's like, you know, try, you know, whatever to run or something. Uh, and like, then you're like, okay, I'm, I got to run right now. So thanks for telling me. Um, and then you just, you pick it up and everything you learn in the beginning, you're just like, okay, now I know how to do all this. And now I can uh, die a million times and be, af- and be afraid constantly while I play this game. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's a show don't tell. And if you have to tell, tell quietly. Yes. A light touch. 
Um, hey, those are our thoughts and tutorials. And that's been 70 minutes in gaming heaven. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED at 616-275-2933. Music and engineering by the great Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. Matt, the third host. That's right. Tell us next week's game. All right, next week's game is 12 minutes. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge.